time, so it's recording. I can, I'll just send you the file, you can cut out the beginning. But... Hey, what's up, y'all? Welcome to The Step Back, the alternative sports commentary podcast, where I upload episodes only when I feel like it, because I don't give a fuck about you or your feelings. Uh, here today with, oh, I'm Sebastian Crinkle, by the way, as always, your host. Uh, here today with Troy Ramos, who is the host and executive producer of two podcasts, Our House Radio and this new one, Troy Meets World. I'm in the car with Troy. Troy, how are you doing? Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> uh, so, I think today we wanted to just talk about these blazing hot red pistons, for the most part, and whatever else comes up. But they're 7-3 and three right now. Uh, they had a big road trip out west where they beat up on the L.A. Clippers, who were 4-0 and at the time, and then they went and uh, beat Golden State, and then they unfortunately lost to the Lakers. It seems like a very Pistons move. You go and like beat the Warriors, and then you lose some shit team with like a 12-year-old running point. That's a very good trick. Yeah. Too. They to do that too. yeah, so they had this successful trip out west, uh, and then they, I think this was the first game since they had that trip. Uh, last night they played the Kings at home and, and won and moved to 7-3. and three. So 10 games in, 7-3, and three, not bad for the Pistons. The Bucks on Friday, too. Oh, Bucks on Friday. So they've got, home, yeah. they've got two, uh, two home games recently. Uh, a total of 25 fans showed up in attendance for the game. I, I tried. Troy lives right by uh, <laughs> Caesars Arena, which is the funniest name in all of sports for an arena. Uh, but, yeah, I've just been noticing that they're Despite the seven and three start, you think it would change a little bit. Like I, I expected. You know, they had that trip out west, beat the Warriors, beat the Clippers. At least see some improvement. But you know, you would know better than me because you're there. But like, at least from looking on TV, there's just so many empty seats. Yeah, I never get to look on TV because I don't have those packages. But I mean, there. Whenever I walk by the arena and go by, there's there's a lot of people on the streetcar on getting off. A lot of people around the arena. I think it'll start change start to change once, if they can keep this up. 7-3 is a great start, obviously, but, you know, first 10 games, you never know what kind of team you're going to get. You know, if you're, you don't have the back-to-back champions of the 90s, but you could form some sort of 2004 team that was more like a unit rather than superstars. Yeah, I think, to a certain extent, the bad boys, the original bad boys, were kind of like that, too. I mean, Isaiah Thomas yeah. was a superstar. Uh, other than that... That's true. You know, it was still that classic sort of Detroit format where, you know, you don't really have one person. It's, you know, it's not like the Cavaliers where right. one person literally doing everything. Yeah, and then 2004 with Phillips, the Wallace brothers... Sean. Yeah, that's that's what seems kind of like similar to me about this Detroit team. Like in recent years, I didn't even know who was on the team, but it seemed like they have guys who were like trying to take over a little bit. And now, like last night, I think they had seven seven dudes who scored in double figures. Yeah, Drummond's been getting a lot of double doubles, I think. Yeah, Drummond's been... I think he's now, after last night, he grabbed 19 boards, which is not that weird for him. No. I think now he's leading, technically, uh, that put him at the top of the list for the NBA, leading the league in rebounds with, like, 14.7 or so. Off the top of my head, I'm not sure, but something like that. So... He's a monster. He's been playing great. 
Plus, his big, his tragic flaw was uh, his free throws. And this year he's been killing it from the free throw line, too. Uh, I don't know his exact percentage, but I know he was above 70%, where I think he shot like 38% from the line last year, which is maybe like the worst ever. So his shot looks so much better. It's not just like a, it doesn't look like, oh, they just happen to go be going in. It looks like his shot, he actually looks like a jump shooter or a shooter now a little bit. I've been here, I've heard people talk about like how the classic free throw shooters, the classic terrible free throw shooters who are superstars like Shaq or uh, whoever else, that it's, for some reason it's mostly to do with the pressure of the spotlight. They shoot free throws well in practice, but then for some reason they get, I don't know if that's true, but that's what I hear. So maybe it's, maybe he's found some sort of performance mantra or routine. Yeah, I've heard that too, and it makes a lot of sense because, I mean, it's the moment where you're kind of, like, put on, you know, in the spotlight more than any other point, and it's, like, it's kind of, like, similar to being a kicker in the NFL in the sense that, like, there's all these situations where you're not going to get applauded for doing it, you're just expected to do it, and so, like, the fact that it's supposed to be easy, kicking, like, a 25-year-old field goal makes it even harder because everybody's watching you, you're the only one doing it. You're supposed to do it. It's supposed to be easy. So if you fuck up, everybody's going to hate you. It's a weird moment in sports if anybody's listening to this ever shot a free throw during a game before. It's almost like it turns into golf for a second. Everybody's quiet. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's looking at you. It's a weird thing. But, I mean, they're professionals, so... I mean, Shaq never got out over it, obviously. Yeah, and I think that... Uh, my I have a theory, too, that... I mean, usually it's these big dudes, right, that are horrible. It, it's dudes who don't shoot jumpers. So think about how weird that would Jumper be. Dudes. Yeah, think about how weird that would be. Like, because to me, I was always a guard, so I'm I'm shooting jump shots. Like that directly translates to shooting a free throw, right? But yeah. if you're just like dunking on people all the time, and that's like your only shot, and like little hook shots or like whatever else big men do, just laying it up. Shooting a free throw is a completely different thing. It's like yeah. asking like a little kid to do it or something. Yeah, you know. So yeah, you can't just you have to be a jump shooter kind of, you know, or else you're not going to be good at free throws. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, it's it's if it's not really your forte. I mean, it's a lot of those big guys too, like like Ben Wallace was just terrible at free throws. Yeah, but that wasn't his gig. His gig was to dunk the ball and a rebound. And did that well. Yeah. Yep. So I mean, seven, seven and three, like you were saying, is it's a good start, but it's it's also not a huge sample size. So hopefully, people will start coming out. You know, if they keep it up for a quarter of the season. I mean, ten games is you know that's like an eighth of the season, so it, it's something. But you know, let's see where they are twenty or twenty five games in, and hopefully there'll be some excitement around it. It's not even you know it's frustrating that people aren't going to the games but when you see the Pistons at the top of the league in terms of their record and you know nobody gives a shit in terms of the, the national media anyway yeah. well know. they never do I mean we were talking earlier about how Pistons typically don't have big superstars but they maybe they'll have one standout guy Chauncey Billups Isaiah Thomas but they're basically a human that's like the that's like the pinnacle of what every coach in any level screams for, and yet when the Pistons do it well and win championships, they ignore them. Like, yeah. Why wouldn't you? 
Why would it's like secretly they all just want superstars in the media? Yeah, that's all they want. They'd rather see a LeBron James and a Kobe Bryant. Well, Kobe won a lot of things, but they'd rather see a superstar do nothing than it'd be exciting than to see like a unit function on the on the court. Reminds me of soccer, probably. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, the Spurs have been doing it for a long time, yeah, a long time. too. Um, and it's it's interesting to think about because it's almost like the bad boys as a concept or a brand had to be created, and it, it's a brilliant sort of creation. Because like, what do you do? How do you make this exciting? Well, you brand them as you know rough dudes who are gonna fuck people up, um, and it was exciting in that sense too. You know, so maybe they. I don't know how much longer Detroit can kind of hold on to that. If that's just our thing, maybe that's cool and there's just all these different reincarnations of it or if people get tired of it, like, can we say that these are the bad boys again? Uh, I mean, was, was the 2014? I think people kind of drew comparisons to the bad boys, right? But are they seen as, like, the second coming of the bad boys? I don't, yeah, I don't think they were the bad boys necessarily. Just, they just weren't started a riot, but, you know. Well, they didn't, yeah. Well, that was, uh, what's his name? Metal Metal Police. Um, the artist formerly known as Ron Artest. The rioter formerly known as Ron He and his buddy Jermaine O'Neal, two 6'10 guys who like to go in the crowd and punch people who eat nachos. <laughs> that poor little tiny white man in the stands who didn't even do anything. We found out, we all found out later, the terror in his eyes. If you go back and watch that video as Ron Artest is towering over him, about to like, just like, drive his fist through his face and then luckily like fans like Detroit fans stepped up and like pulled our test by his jersey so he couldn't get a clean shot but yeah they're those two are very lucky I mean at any time trying to start a fight in Detroit is probably a bad idea <laughs> but like they got very lucky that the, the right people for them were in the audience <laughs> like, somebody somebody could have died very easily they're very lucky yeah yeah it was a crazy scene I don't think that 2004 team though they didn't really have a theme. I feel like they were just a good unit. But that's what kind of America likes. Like, Rasheed sort of threw the nickname out there, the Stones, for the Pistons, which isn't really something that's used by everyone. I kind of use it sometimes. I don't even okay. really remember that. Yeah, like, I kind of do now that you mention it, but I didn't. Yeah. No, it didn't really catch on, but I, I feel like the Stones is a good one to use. And if they get on a roll, if the media started rolling, running with the Rolling Stones, like, the, the, the Stones are rolling again. Like, that's the kind of thing the media wants. They don't even care. They would begrudgingly start using it if the Pistons got hot and start referring to them as the Rolling Stones. Or whatever it is. Like, some sort of catchphrase. Yeah. They gotta have, like, some sort of characteristics for the media to latch on. Yeah, it's just so crazy because, I mean, and I'm gonna mention this every time I'm participating in a conversation on this topic, is that the Pistons beat Kobe, Shaq, and the Lakers in five games in those so, sure, swept them. Yeah, so this idea of super teams, which I'm not even necessarily opposed to, I think it's exciting, whatever, but like, nobody wants to talk about that. They just act like it, literally like it didn't happen. Yeah. They took apart in the 80s and 90s, too. They, they ended the, the other Lakers run, too, and the Celtics, too, I think. Yeah. Yeah, so like, how different is that from, you know, if they were to, obviously the Pistons this year aren't the team that they were in. But in terms of like who they're playing, like yeah. would that be as big of an upset as if they beat the Warriors? If they made it to the finals and beat the Warriors, you know, I mean, the Warriors are better than the Lakers were that year. But I mean, it's 
still Kobe and Shaq are two of the best players ever, and they weren't. The rest of the team wasn't bad. No. They had like washed up, like Carl Malone on that team, oh, like fucking other people, you know. But like, nobody wants to talk about that. I think that's why Terry Fisher had that team. Yeah, probably. Fish was fish was swimming. Who else did they have? They have uh, the Lakers. Yeah, uh, that Lakers team. Didn't they weirdly have like Horace Grant or somebody like that? I, I remember you looked up the roster one yeah, time. Yeah, really I can't remember. Horace Grant. They had like a right? another shooting guard. I can't remember who it was. Not Steve Smith, but somebody like that. I don't know. I remember. But it's interesting to think about that 2014. And when did they start to get? Where they felt like a unit it was like maybe 2000, 2001, where they started to win. So who knows when this team might be developing that skill where three or four years down the road, then they're beating the, the Warriors in the finals. I, it could be starting right now. In the next 10 games will give you an indication of whether they're learning to win or not. It seems like it. You watch them play, and they're, I mean, they're active on offense and defense. Like, moving the ball around, constantly cutting and setting picks for each other. It's not like stand around and watch one do it, although they do have guys who can do that when they need to. So, yeah, it's a pretty... Yeah, to me, it's a cool thing to watch. And you still have individual guys who are really good at things that, you know, make it fun to watch their stats, like Drummond. Like, I think he got, like, 25 rebounds one game, which is just, like, fucking comical. Yeah, I like the... I mean, I, I think Larry Brown is probably the coach of Stan Van, but Stan Van's been ex- But Larry Brown's one of the best coaches probably ever, so Stan Van's up there. Like, not up there in Larry Brown territory, but he's he's recognized as, like, a really, one of the really good coaches, though, in the league, so. It's weird that they talk about Stan Van and they're still praising the Magic, like, some sort of connection, like, didn't he, he used to coach the Magic, right? Didn't he even check? Was he past Stan Van? I I don't know. Maybe not. I thought it was. Yeah, yeah, it might have been him. I just didn't realize it. I, he was there with, like, Dwight Howard. Oh, so Dwight it was Howard. that. I don't know if he was there as early as Penny and them. I, I don't know. But, but I thought he was there. But he was definitely there with Dwight Howard. And I think, you know, they made it. I think they made it to the finals one year yeah. with uh, Dwight Howard before he somehow became bad. But, so he's probably, I mean, he's clearly a good, a good, solid coach. So, I mean, maybe he's got some sort of system where he's saying the same thing as we are, which is, look, we're a unit. We've got a couple of guys like Drummond who are a machine. Maybe Tobias or Reggie Jackson. Maybe you'll have a couple people to do different things, whoever it might be. But we're a unit. We have to figure out how we, how we play together. Like, it's just a flowing machine. If they can get that down, who knows? There have been bigger surprises in the sports world. Yeah, I mean, they're looking good. And, and they have that kind of... I mean, it's easy to have a positive attitude when you're winning, but if you listen to them talk, they they all express that mentality mentality that, you know, defense is really important and it starts there. Uh, you know, they're, they're going to pass the ball around. Sure. They're going to share the spotlight, that kind of thing. So that's encouraging to hear because, I mean, Avery Bradley was such a great pickup. Great pickup. Like, he's, you know, he's pretty much killing it, although he's had some pretty embarrassing highlight moments where he's on the receiving end, but uh, overall he's just been playing great, so. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I think the next 10 games, if they can repeat this or come close and be 13 and 7, 14 and 6, that's that now that that's where you have to start thinking. Okay, I think they've 
maybe have something here. Yeah, at that point, I think they would finally maybe start to to turn some heads. But, I mean, even back in the day, around in the early 2000s, people talked about the Pistons because they had to. Yeah. But even then, I remember being mad about the same thing. It's like, nobody wants to, to talk about the Pistons or, like, recognize that they're good. Like, I remember Stephen A. Smith, I would... I used to really like him a lot because he was the only one who would really get excited about the Pistons. Yeah. I mean, maybe it'll, I mean, I don't know if they've been talking about it. I guess it's being a, this weekend being a place where there's TV. Maybe I'll watch a little bit more and see if they talk about the Pistons at all. I'm guessing they're not going to. Yeah, probably not. I think they have to. I think... They don't have to yet, so they're not going to. Oh, right. Yeah, I think... I don't even think they'll talk about the Pistons if they start 14 and 6. But I think if they repeat this after 30 games, then I think you're going to talk about it. You can get away with it for up to 20, but I think after 30 games in the season, if they're 21 and 21 and 9, or 20, yeah, I just don't really understand it because they're they're talking about the Orlando Magic, who have I think about the same record. I think now that the Pistons won, maybe are like half a game ahead of them, but they're talking about the, why are they excited? I can't name one person on their team either. Like, no. I don't understand why they're I, anything. Yeah, I don't know. You can talk about the team that beat the Warriors by nine yeah. points. If it wasn't for that Lakers loss, if they were eight and two. Yeah, I feel like eight and two is kind of undeniable. Like, you gotta at least talk about that a little bit. Like, what the fuck is going on out, out in Detroit? Yeah. yeah. Thing. New arena, no excitement. Beats pizza. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I didn't watch the Warriors game, so I don't know. But you know that the headlines are going to be like Warriors sluggish and lost. It's like I mentioned, like, wow. Yeah, that headline you sent me that was like sloppy play leads to Pistons beating Warriors, or like Warriors losing to Pistons. Yeah. The Warriors tripped, man. Yeah. <laughs> Which obviously they probably had to a little bit, but. Yeah. You know. I'm not going to sit here and say that the Pistons are near the Warriors, but they did beat them by nine. Yeah. So, I mean, and that was on the road, and they beat the Clippers team. It was, it was on a back-to-back, too. So back-to-back. they had played. If you, I, I can't cite this statistic off the top of my head, but if you look at uh, the percentage of, the winning percentage of teams who play back-to-back nights in the NBA, it's abysmal. Like, you are, like, almost expected to lose on the second night of a back-to-back. So for the Pistons to beat the Clippers and then the Warriors on the second night of a back-to-back is... I, don't, I think that's impressive. But. I don't remember the history of the... I don't know what the his, the history is of the series between the Warriors and the Pistons, but I feel like the Pistons usually play well against them, even in the last few years. They may not have won all the games, but I feel like at least a yeah, couple times they were close. Too, yeah. So if that's correct, let's say the Warriors come to Detroit... Um, after the new year and the Pistons beat them if for some reason the Pistons sneak into the finals that little mental thing of hey we kind of know how to beat this team even if we're not as talented as they are mm-hmm. that could make it super exciting yeah and everybody has this mentality of trying to do exactly what the Warriors do which is another reason I like the Pistons because they're always going against the grain mm-hmm. like yeah, you don't have to shoot a million threes and, like, not give a fuck. I mean, the Warriors play good defense, but it seems like most of the teams that try to replicate them don't give a fuck about defense. So, no. I, and there's just this mentality of, like, this is how the game is now. If you're not 6'9 and able to be a knockdown three-point shooter, then 
you might as well go home. I think there's a good chance for them to get into the finals. Once you split Kyrie and LeBron up, and then you have the one dude get hurt in for the Celtics, I think that made the Celtics I mean, the weaker e- and yeah. the Cavs weaker. The East was already pretty wide open. Yeah. I mean, now it's just LeBron. Who else? I mean, not yeah, they have Isaiah. Yeah, I'm, I don't, oh, I don't I know what to think about, about the, the Cavs. That. I forgot about Isaiah. The Cavs have a lot of problems, though. They do not. Which, you know, so we don't know how that's going to shake out. But even if the Cavs get it together and are really good, if, you know, the Pistons could totally get uh, as high as, like, a third or even second seed. Yeah. So that means a run to the conference finals and then a chance to play the Cavs. I mean, that's that would be a huge win for the Pistons this season, momentum to build on as LeBron gets older. Yeah. You know? I haven't seen what the Cavs' start has been. I don't know what their record is. Uh, they're bad. They're like four and five so far. I if somebody told me, would you rather play a Cavs team with Kyrie and LeBron or Kyrie or LeBron and Isaiah Thomas? I'd probably take Isaiah Thomas. I don't know why. I think Kyrie there's an argument nervous. there. But I think I think the Celtics are with just Kyrie. I mean, what? I don't know. I'm not worried about the Celtics now yeah. after that injury. To yeah, they're playing pretty well. I think that they have the same record as the Pistons. Actually, I think that they're a half game ahead of the Pistons, like 7-2. and two, but, Oh, yeah, they're the only, yeah. But I, I don't know. I don't totally believe that record for them. Like, I don't know. I think once they, I don't know. I'm, not, I'm just not convinced. I'm as convinced that the Pistons are good as I am the Celtics. So Yeah, I, well, that injury certainly helped. Yeah. Oh, God, I, mean, I watched that, that shit. Wants that to happen. I watched that shit live. And so they, I saw it, like, on national TV before they had a chance to be like, okay, this is too graphic. Like, it was, I really wish that I didn't see it. It was the kind of thing where you're, like, yeah. literally shook up afterwards. Like, I mean, as a human, it's terrible. You don't want to see that. But yeah. from a piston standpoint, oh, yeah, yeah, definitely yeah, yeah. But, like, that's the kind of injury where he's always going to be thinking about that no matter what he does. Yeah. He's never going to recover from that fully. No. Yeah. So, yeah, but that did... The East was already decimated. So already decimated. He was like the only star. There was lots of people who went over to the West, but he was the only star to come over to the East. Yeah. <laughs> so the East lost most of its stars, or they stayed there, and then he got hurt. So now it's just it's basically LeBron, and there's like a power vacuum. So LeBron and a bunch of okay teams for the yeah. most part. And you take advantage of it. That's what the Pistons are doing, I think. Yeah. All right, well, we better wrap it up there. Um, so, yeah, that's it. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs>